Welcome to I Feel Snitty, episode 199, entitled, Can You Hear Me Now? Part 4. I'm your host, Craig Rosnecki. I'm not typically one for non-comedic hyperbole, so I don't think it'd be an exaggeration if I were to say yesterday's hearing was the most, most emotionally impactful of the four thus far. This was especially the case when it came to the testimonies of Republican Arizona Speaker of the House, Rusty Bowers, and Georgia election worker, Shea Moss. To think I couldn't dislike Donald Trump and his inner circle of cronies anymore, I was bigly wrong. As a matter of fact, let's back up a second here. Yesterday's hearing showcased, or perhaps further exemplify, the fact that while the January 6th terrorists were seen doing damage to the world over, their actions were fully representative of what Trump was doing behind the scenes. In fact, if anything, the criminal behavior by said terrorists paled in comparison to what Trump was doing behind the scenes. It has now been well established that Donald Trump was told time and time again by his advisors, lawyers, anyone who didn't possess a name which rhymed with Duty Giuliani, that he had absolutely no chance of winning the election. He was told ad nauseum that none of his election conspiracies held any merit. Former Attorney General Bill Barr, whom I loathed, in, whom I loathed and inspired the title of this podcast, when he used the term snitty in a hearing, he even referred to the election conspiracies as, and I quote, bullshit. So unless Donald Trump is void of a single brain cell, which I suppose is possible, he damn well knew he lost the election, the conspiracies were nonsense, and the result wasn't going to be overturned. Despite all this, he constantly peddled lies to the public and attempted to find a way, any way, to hold on to power. Here's a basic timeline of how things went down. One, Trump and his team knew, given the increased number of mail-in ballots due to the COVID pandemic, and the fact mail-in ballots tended to favor Democrats, he would enjoy big leads in several battleground states early on election night. But that by the time things were all said and done, Biden would likely wind up winning more than was necessary to eclipse 270 electoral votes. Number two, so after Trump jumped out to these early leads, he set the narrative that he was dominating. There was no way he could lose unless there was massive voter fraud, and actually set out to stop the counting of absentee ballots as a result. 3. When this failed and he eventually lost, he went to the courts and lost all but one of his 60-plus election-based lawsuits. Oh, and for the record, that one lawsuit he won had no bearing on any actual election results. 4. When this failed, Trump went after state officials and election workers to try and change the outcomes and or spread conspiracies and thereby cast doubt on the election's legitimacy. 5. When that failed, Trump and his lawyers attempted to find and send a team of fake electors to do their bidding on January 6th. 6. And when that failed, Trump called on then-Vice President Pence to go beyond his powers to either rule the election in favor of Donald Trump or to send things back to the states to be recertified. Through all this, Trump and his team threatened state officials, election workers, and others to help them overturn the election, or else. This resulted in state officials and election workers receiving hateful phone calls at all hours of the night, threatening emails, protests at their doorsteps. Shea Moss, in a heartbreaking testimony, told a story about how her grandmother's residence was broken into, as angry Trumpers were coming was, were coming for her. She's now fearful to go out of her house or even tell someone her name 
wondering in the back of her mind if they'll come after her as a result. Her mother echoed these fears. Donald Trump is an idiot of massive proportions, but he's always been surrounded by people who know how to skirt the law, who know how to act like complete pieces of shit without being charged for their epic shittiness. Even before the election, Donald Trump ingrained in his supporters' minds that the only way he could possibly lose the election was through massive voter fraud. His team knew the scene and the history. They knew mail-in ballots would be up in a pandemic year. They knew Democrats tended to hold the advantage when it came to said votes. So when things went as anticipated at the start of the election night, and Trump deceivingly held large leads in states like Michigan and Pennsylvania, he declared victory and called for the counting of absentee ballots to be stopped. Throughout this duration, he repeatedly told supporters the only way he could lose was through massive voter fraud. The guy thought he had a sure-proof plan intact. Even if he lost the election, surely the judges he appointed would have his back and help overturn the results. If not, then his team of lawyers could find a loophole like his accountants always did with regard to taxes. If that didn't work, of course his partner in crime for four years, Mike Pence, would bail him out. However, if none of those plans of attack worked, he called on his supporters to attack the Capitol, much like he attacked state officials, election workers, and anyone else who stood in his way of maintaining power in the Oval Office. The January 6th terrorists were essentially Donald Trump's fall guys. Yep, he had hundreds of them. I in no way feel sorry for them. However, I do think it's bullshit that they all take the fall while he stands unscathed. Fortunately, and perhaps I'm being naively optimistic here, but these hearings may be just what's needed for Donald Trump to finally take the fall for his crimes. The January 6th attack was an indescribably gut-wrenching event I hope to never witness again. But what went behind the scenes, what went on behind the scenes, was even more disgraceful. And the only way we can remove this seemingly permanent orange stain from the White House is to charge Donald Trump, convict him, and lock him up. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, you can find me on Podbean, Amazon, Twitter, Facebook, and Blogger. This has been I Feel Snitty with Craig Rosnecki. Take care.